Hello, everybody. This is Safi again um, with my second episode of Thoughts of an Unstable Mind. And um, I'm here with Piper. Go ahead, Piper. You want to say hello to everybody? Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about um, the power of indoctrination. So I'm excited to be joining you and glad to be back. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy now we're, we're, we're going on our second um, second episode and I had a, some feedback and um, it seemed pretty positive. So I'm, I'm kind of excited right now. So um, I have to always go with my disclaimer, as always. Um, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I will tell you what I believe. So please don't ask me if your baby is cute and don't ask me if you're fat. So now that we got that out of the way, um, I left y'all with a a word called indoctrination. But before I go there, I want to I want to tell y'all, remember, I do have a hidden agenda and I do have an ulterior motive. And it's quite simple. It's I want to give people insight. And Piper, I'm going to reach out to you real quick. And if you don't mind, um, can you give us the, de- the definition of insight? And let me know where you're getting that definition as well, if you don't mind. Sure. So this is from the Oxford Languages Dictionary that we've been using. Insight is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep, intuitive understanding of a person or thing. And our goal, our goal with this insight is to be objective and um, try our best to look at things objectively and um, try to remove the emotion to come up with a conclusion that makes logical sense. I think that's the goal. So now let's go back to indoctrination, Piper, because I want to let people, I really want them to know how powerful this is. And if you don't mind, can you go ahead and um, give us that definition as well again, if you don't mind? Sure. This is the indoctrination definition from the definitions uh, of the Oxford languages. The process of teaching a person or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. So now I want to go, I want to go, I'm going to use my mom as an example. And my mom you know, she's, she's pushing probably a little over 60 years old now. And I love her dearly. And she's a very religious woman and her views of religion and God, and nothing is wrong with that. hundred percent. It makes her happy. And that's what she needs to achieve. Absolutely. That's what mom needs, whatever she needs. But I, I'm going to use an example because remember how I expressed to everybody how indoctrination, whether it's, um, Jesus, Moses, Muhammad, ISIS, political leaders, um, Mussolini, kings, etc., etc. The the process is the same. It's the outcome that's different. But I want to let you all know how powerful indoctrination can be. So, in, in in talking to my mom, I wanted to give her some insight as to how powerful it is. I could have God come down. And everybody in the world says, this is God. This is the creator. This is the religious figure that we're all so desperately wanting to see. And here he is, God. And he looks at my mom, who was raised a Muslim. um, And this can apply to any religion. I'm just using my mom as an example. God could come down and say to my mom, Muslim was not the right religion. 
it was XYZ religion. It was Buddhism. Let's use Buddhism. I like Buddhism. Let's say God said, Buddhism was the religion that I wanted everybody to follow. And this, everybody agrees, this is the same, this is the God, this is the Almighty. We all, the entire population in this world agrees. Do you know my mom is going to look and tell that God, Piper? You're not the real God. That's it. That's exactly what she will say. That's how powerful when a person has been indoctrinated in a belief. Because the ever thought of my mom potentially not accepting the reality, her accepting the reality, now the whole foundation of my mom's upbringing, her childhood, everything that she stood for, that foundation just crumbled. And it is very, very difficult. And I assure you, people that understand human behavior, people that understand numerous, numerous endeavors with people, understand this tool is very, is, is very powerful. And when you can use this tool, you can manipulate people in many different ways. And, uh, and I'm not saying religion is good or bad. I'm not. I'm just using this as an example. Why? It's an example um, that I can use that shows you how powerful it is. Much like when we look at ISIS. We all know about ISIS. Um, these young individuals were being indoctrinated in a belief that they truly believed was right in their minds from leaders that were telling them this is how it is and no matter what information you would have told them they would have told you you are wrong this is my calling this is this is what my higher power is asking from me and i just want you all to think about that for a little bit i mean piper do you have any thoughts on that yeah i mean i think it starts you know from the day we're born and you don't really question why or what your parents would have been uh, teaching you, telling you. I mean, it just is. What is, is. And and until you get older, and then it goes to that whole discussion of, is it nature or nurture? You know, do is it really just how you are, or did something in the environment shape you? You know, a lot of people march through life, and it's fairly easy here in the United States. It's fairly simple, life where you're able to food food is accessible water is accessible we just turn it on it comes out um so those things um really take people to a place where they don't have to question everything around them all the time so so i think i think people uncritically uh, accept things because they don't have to think about it they're not forced i mean in our country it, it is it is pretty it's pretty easy at the end of the day. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to criticize. I don't think the majority of Americans truly understand what poverty is. We don't truly have poverty like other third world countries have poverty. We have um, avenues to help assist people um, under almost any circumstance. Um, other countries, third world countries, they don't have those luxuries. People truly do go out, go without food, truly don't have water, don't have access for safety, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, even um, um, healthcare, um, we are very, very fortunate. No matter what, no matter what um, economic group you are in, we are very fortunate to be in this country for those reasons. Um, 
my goal, hopefully, is you guys understand how powerful indoctrination is. And, and when you understand it, it, you can see how it can be extremely overwhelming to recognize it and overcome it, you know, because your parents, our parents as well, have been indoctrinated in their beliefs as well. I mean, I always like to say um, the religion, the majority of people are, and I like on a bell curve, one more time, on a bell curve, the majority there's always people out of the, the out of the bell curve, but the majority of people, the religion that you are, is only because your parents are that religion. Is it true free will? I, I, I don't know how you could say it is, if you understand indoctrination, and understand taking information uncritically to believe a set of beliefs. Is is that the right way? I, I don't I don't know. Well, I mean, I think coming from a small town in Clinton, Mississippi. If I were to have stayed in that small town or when I go back and visit and see people within that same town still doing the same, uh, going to the same places, you know, visiting the same um, uh, establishments, you know, and I go back after being gone for 20 years and I see them still doing those same things, I know that if I had stayed there, that's exactly what I would be doing. You know, Piper, that, if I recall correct, I wrote a dialogue. Um, I, you, you kind of articulated it for me. Um, you actually typed it for me as I was um, voicing it out. I think this is a good time, if you don't mind um, sharing. And this is, um, this is more about progressing in life and um, taking new information. And um, do you have that with you? Yes, I can read that. Please do. This was written in September of 2020 by Safi himself. In life, if we don't progress in any direction, you become like stagnant water, which is susceptible to infection and illness. But if we progress, we become like the moving water of a river, which is safe to drink. And, and, and you know, in, in talking to Piper when, we're, when I came up with this, I, I, I always ask myself, as an individual me, I like... I'm okay with new information. It was very challenging for me in the very beginning to take new information. And, and I first want to go back to, I don't want to criticize religion. I think religion is a fantastic thing for people. I only use religion because it shows how powerful indoctrination is. And I believe, as remember, I'm going to go backwards here. All I care about as an individual is not a burden on society. I don't care what your religious belief is, if you have one, if you don't have one, if you're gay, you're not gay, you're heterosexual, you're homosexual, you don't even know what you are. I don't care. I'm going to default to are you a burden on society or are you doing your part? So I want to make sure I make that clear. I know I used religion and I don't want to offend people by using that as an example because that is not my intent. If you go down that path, you're missing my message. And that is the last thing I want. I don't want you to miss my message. The message is to show you how powerful indoctrination is. And in order to progress, we have to accept new information. We have to challenge ourselves as individuals, I believe. And in doing so, you can absorb all this new information and then you can expand your critical thinking. And when you can empower yourself as an individual, the sky's the limit. I mean, I truly believe that. I mean, your thoughts, Piper? Well, I, I think, you know, this is what we talk about or we experience when we talk of someone being defensive. We're trying to 
approach them from one angle or aspect that we probably weren't expecting that reaction, but then it go, may go against or we approach them in such a way that we weren't sensitive to maybe where they were in order to receive that information. So I, I think that's part of you know, what we experience out in society is people being so defensive so that we can't ever move the conversation forward. It can be very challenging because word selection is, is so important. I mean, I really, I really, my goal is always to convey my message. And I really try to avoid certain trigger words that can make that person get defensive. And it can be very challenging at times because we miss the whole point. And, um, and it goes back to everything that we talked in, in episode one, um, you know, from your ingrained views that we have. You know what, Piper, can we go? I, I just use that term ingrained. Let's go. Can you give me a definition of ingrained? I think that will be a good time to do that right now. And while you do that, I will have another drink. Ingrained of a habit, belief, or attitude, firmly fixed or establish difficult to change. So that basically says to me, we're we're just a pool of water. A person, an individual, can just be a pool of water that's just staying stagnant. And I'm not saying a person should change certain fundamental core values of themselves. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when an individual presents you new information from their perception, from their upbringing, from their culture, just try listening. Just try listening a little bit. And I think if you listen with an open mind and not take it as they are telling you something that's wrong about you and just hear them, you'll be, you'll be surprised on how tolerant you can be. And Piper, can we go back to that tolerance again, please? I've mentioned this before. I like to always go back to definitions of words. Um, tolerance. The ability or willingness to tolerate something, in particular, the existence of opinions or behaviors that one does not necessarily agree with. And if an individual is being productive in society, they don't share your same religious views. They don't share your same upbringing views. They don't share a lot of your views. Who are you to tell them they're right or wrong? I always default to... Society as a whole, are they being productive? Are they, are they working? Are they paying their taxes? What they do in their personal life is quite frankly, none of your business. It's not. I mean, why do you feel as if you should tell an individual how they're doing something is wrong? Now I could understand, obviously there's a bell curve, but now I'm talking about people that are being productive, not causing harm to an individual, not destroying an individual, though that's not productive in society. I'm just talking about political views, religious views, um, culture views. That, that should be left alone. But I do think people should just talk and hear people and listen to them. Well, and I think the challenge that everyone who's listening. Here's the challenge. If you feel defensive, let me define that, very anxious to challenge or avoid criticism. I, I want to jump in real quick, Pepper, because when you say that, I, I learned with my transition, when um, I um, gained some of my insight, excuse me, um, when I got defensive, what I realized was 
it was actually hitting something to me that I, I believed for so long that I believed was ingrained in me. And I did get defensive. But what I learned is sometimes hearing the person out and listening, I realized it allowed me to understand people better, to be a better communicator, a better listener. And you know what? I actually learned a lot from hearing other people from different religious views, different culture views, different political views. And the wealth of knowledge that I've gained is, is, um, empowering. Absolutely. And I think, well, and I think that's what you're challenging people to do. You're saying when you feel that sense of defensiveness, that's when you need to listen. That's the the moment that you need to reduce the barrier. Absolutely. approach that with yourself that this is uncomfortable Absolutely. and sit in that and be quiet. You go Piper. Be quiet and listen, because I think people want to take something away that they can actually do. So when your mother-in-law, when your own family makes you have that response, that's when you should stop talking and start listening. So that is how the conversation changes is your response change. So I'm going to challenge all these your listeners. Your reaction I want, to ch- I want to challenge these listeners. We got Thanksgiving coming around the corner. And you know how that's going to be when, when we all get together as a family. Just listen. Remember, you don't have to change their mind. You don't want to change their mind. Just hear what they have to say. And when you get uncomfortable, try something different. Are you ready? Just be quiet. Just stay shut up. Have another listen, drink. Have another drink. Because then, you know, I don't like to rebuttal immediately when my emotion gets the best of me. I listen. And then and then I actually go and I think about it. I just think about the information they presented to me. And then I may come back to them a day or a couple of days later when I'm not so emotionally riled up. Um, your thoughts, Piper? Well, I think everybody has a foundation on which they've built their life, their house of cards, whatever that is. And, you know, I've learned something in, in, in learning to listen a little better. What I've learned is that from, from actually my IT department. So I'm going to talk about information technology as related to life, but it's so integrated in our life. It might be relevant. So what I've learned is that everybody has this foundation that they've built on. A lot of times the foundation uh, is narrow and we tend to build up, right? Uh, We don't have a lot of space or time or whatnot. So in information technology, they used to create a small foundation and build build building blocks on top of that foundation, like a a really tall skyscraper. And then they learned that in order to keep up with new technology, if they built a wider, broader foundation, more like a net that went out instead of up, they could start adding different formats from the ground up, which allowed them to have a much broader base, allowed them to change uh, more dynamically and adapt to new technology and therefore, the tower didn't collapse in, like it used to. So in I my that. mind, I, I think the, the, what, where I'm approaching is that maybe people need to expand their foundation. Much like technology has changed, we have to be adaptable in today's society. We have to think critically. Uh, the media is able to take any information. You don't know what's true and what's not. That line is so blurred with social media and any type of media. So if your foundation is broader, wider, more like a net, you can capture things or release things that are uh, not good for you or capture things that are and place them in your net. 
but yet your building doesn't fall. So it's more of an outward reaching foundation. So that's, you know, I, I think one of the things, you know, I bring just a, a female or, or woman's approach to this. And in, in my experience, women change their mind a lot, right? Like we may not like the shoes we have on. We may have multiple children with different personalities that we have to deal with, um, especially as we're noticing they're developing as children. We may have friends that we disagree with their, with their choice in men or, or, or who they're dating or who they're going out with. So we have the the ability to adapt quickly. We have practice at changing who we are or what our response is, depending on who we're listening to. We get a lot of practice in that. And I'm not sure that everybody gets that same experience. So, you know, if you're from a different culture, if you're from a different religion, it just depends on what you're exposed to, how much, how much practice you've gotten with being uh, confronted with different ideas and opinions. So if you've grown up in small town Mississippi like me and you've never left, you may not have that kind of diversity or experience. Yeah, I think I think people have to remember, you know, I've said this in um, the first first episode is your perception is solely based on your own experiences. And who are you to be so arrogant to believe that other individuals share those exact same experiences? They don't. And then based on um, information that's being presented to you from from the media, from TV networks, um, all of them, I, I would invite you all, and I think Ronald Reagan said it best, trust, but verify. And I think the thing that we're lacking as a society is we trust but we don't verify. When when somebody presents me information, even if I trust them and they're a, a colleague or a loved one, I still verify. I always verify. Well, and you know, this is something that I, that I try to think of uh, and apply in my daily life. If somebody is making decisions for the greater good of a group of people who are very diverse, like in this country, and they don't know the price of milk, or what a gallon of gas costs, and they can't answer that in a second. How are they going to Their relate? ability to relate to you and do what's best for you is only from their pers- perspective or perception like that a lot. of what their life is like. So how do you know if they're actually making a great decision for you? And, and you don't know them if they don't know the cost of a, a gallon of gas or, or a gallon of milk. You know, I like that, Piper. Next time somebody gives me some information, I'm going to ask them, what does a gallon of milk cost these days? That's, that's kind of funny that you say that, but you, you always want the information that somebody's presenting to you. Is it relatable? Is the person relatable? Are they not? That's, that's a great outlook. Because you always know what would help yourself. Oh, if somebody would do this for me, that would be really helpful to me. But we're going to turn around and apply that to the same person from a different walk of life, from a different uh, set of values, from a different um, socioeconomic class, and we're going to tell them what would work for us. But where's the conversation of where they're coming from and what would help them, truly help them, not just feel sorry for them and give them something, Absolutely. but truly help them. Just remember, everybody, um, when the information is being presented to you, verify where that information is coming from, who's giving it to you. Yeah, it takes a little bit of effort, but the goal, the goal is to take new information, do your critical thinking, and ask yourself, Does it make logical sense? And if it does, I always tell people, embrace it, even if it goes against something you've been taught. Well, and I have to tell you, for all my AA people out there, um, 
you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over thinking you're going to get a different outcome, that's the definition of insanity. Yes. You have to be willing to do something different. Now, for people who've never learned a 12-step program to deal with life, it's, I wish it was accessible for everyone in the world because it does progress you into a different perspective of yourself. But at some point, if things aren't changing, it's because you're not doing anything different, which goes exactly back to accountability and indoctrination, self-accountability and indoctrination. Maybe you do need to listen to what somebody else is doing that is working, that has come from where you've come from. Well, I think we've given um, on our second episode a lot of food for thought for everybody. But what I'd like to finish up with, if, if Piper doesn't mind, um, I'd like I'd like Piper to give that definition of insight one more time, please. Okay, give me one second. Insight. The capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of a person or thing. So what we need to do is listen, listen. So what I'm going to now tell y'all is this is Safi. We're going to kind of wrap this up. Piper, um, anything you want to finish up with real quick? No, I, I, I'm excited. You know, next week when we go more in depth about preference falsification or the ugly baby theory, we'll be bringing that in. Awesome. Cause that was really relevant in the election of 2016. And so the election being right around the corner, I thought it was a great time to talk about that. So this is, um, um, thoughts of an unstable mind. We kind of knocked out, um, our second episode and I'm going to say my disclaimer again, cause my goal is to never offend. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. But I will tell you what I believe. So please don't ask me if your baby is cute. And please don't ask me if you're fat. I think that's it. Y'all have a great day. And we'll hopefully hear you guys. Um, Hopefully you guys come back and listen to us on episode three. Y'all be good. Bye-bye.